Welcome back to the Mackham in the Middle podcast. We are back with another reaction after another Sunderland League game. Obviously, last weekend did end in end in a draw, but it felt like a defeat after two late goals from Fleetwood. We got a win against Wigan midweek in the Cup, but it was back to the stadium late to, uh, yesterday to face a side that have been in good form, um, Bolton Wanderers. Um, we did come away 1-0 winners in that game, and I'm joined by Michael, and probably a very tired Kyle as well. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. What time is it there for good you morning. now, Kyle? Because we, we seem to do these earlier and earlier every week. <laughs> right. Well, my alarm is set for 5.55 a.m. So that's when I asked you for five extra minutes so I could get the coffee Oof. going. So I might have to put myself on mute here in a second and go grab that. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm feeling good now. Energized by the performance yesterday. Yeah. Can um, I just point out, I think Kyle deserves like an award for his dedication. Dead, yeah, <laughs> little trophy. <laughs> Did he get up there every single time? But, yeah. Like, I could not do that. My wife truly doesn't understand. And it's, I, I don't think I understand either, but it's fun. I enjoy it. <laughs> it would be harder after a loss, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If, if we start losing, not... <laughs> if he tried this when we were losing games in the Premier League or that Championship season, oh god. Yeah, I can't yeah. say, can't say it. I'd, I can't I wait to get but... up at five a.m. to talk about someone <laughs> losing to Preston North End. Brilliant. Doing quite well, to be honest. Preston at the minute, I think, aren't they? I think it was eight Fair on nine games unbeaten after. A... Yeah, I think it was a draw yesterday, but um, did knock me out of an accumulator when we bet three six five loss. We'll not talk about that too much, um, but. <laughs> Michael one nil yesterday, um, and obviously we'll yeah. get onto the game and, and everything that happened in it. But all the main thing is another three points after a, a slight off. I don't want to say off game, a slight off ten minutes really against Fleetwood last week that ultimately cost us two points. Yeah, well, uh, well, let's let's see how long I last before I try to lead on to a point that you're inevitably going to have brought up, and then I'll segue into it again, but. Yeah, that, that was the response we wanted from last week. And obviously, um, I'll quickly touch the Wigan game, I think, is one in midweek that psychologically, I think that's a big win for Sunderland. Because even though it's a cup game, it's a top two league, it's the top two league one clash. And yeah. I think it says a lot about Wigan's. I think I've seen a couple of Wigan fans on social media saying that they'd be concerned if they get a couple of injuries, whereas Sunderland's mm. squad depth seems to be going from strength to strength. As for the Bolton game, yeah, I mean, I, I was at Fleetwood, so I'm trying to forget about that as, yeah. as much as I possibly can. But to be fair, yes. Well, uh, the Bolton game itself was one that, as as everyone knows, I'm I'm someone. Here's me segueing probably. I'm someone who usually champions clean sheets a lot. Um, but I'd yeah. I'd written off a clean sheet in the game because I just thought mm-hmm. Bolton the way they the way they play the, the play the way they press they're expansive they get down the wings they create opportunities down the centre they do a lot of different things and I, I I'll tell you for me that's easily the best side I've seen someone come up against this season. Yeah, Bolton yep. had a good number of, certainly in the second half, I know we'll get onto it more later, but they had a lot of chances and ones that they should have put away. So for me, to keep a clean sheet in that game and to win the game, even though it was an ugly and gritty performance, that I don't care. That's the sort of game where I thought Bolton, put it this way, Bolton will cause a lot of teams problems. And if they're in the promotion mix, I don't think people should be surprised. Yeah. And I think it's completely off topic as well. But I mean, obviously, when you're watching the streams on Sunderland, Frankie has his own catchphrase about the cameras. And I think um, we'll get onto it shortly. Is definitely our catchphrase on this podcast. That does creep up a lot. That phrase, and obviously, there's a Bolton reaction podcast. This, but just kind of looking back briefly at the Wigan game as well, Kyle. Um, and I know Michael said it there. Wigan fans are kind of a little concerned about, you know, if say one of their players gets an injury, they haven't really got the depth. Um, you look at the team that started for Sunderland. 
against Wigan, you've got Broadhead, um, Pritchard, who obviously started the game uh, yesterday as well. We've got a lot of options there. And I think it's probably the first time in League One where if pretty much any of our starting 11 players get injured, you wouldn't be worried about the replacement coming in. Yeah, and that's why, you know, as we started this cup run, um, you know, and, and we've we've made it pretty far, we've done very well, but I think it's very important for our squad depth and growth and just kind of keep keep those types of players happy, uh, keep them fresh. And I think that we can give them a perfect opportunity for that. We got to see a lot of Broadhead. We got to see a lot of Pritchard and, and those types of players. And, and I think it's only going to pay off you know, down the road. Sure. I mean, we're, I think we're QPR next. I mean, there, there's a chance we could even have that game and another game. I think QPR is pretty good, but uh, yeah. I think it's a great opportunity to keep those players fresh because just like we saw yesterday with, um, you know, Circan going down, you know, which hopefully everything's all right there, but we, uh, Huggins was able to come in. Huggins got, I think a full 90 under his belt, right. Against Wigan. Uh, so, sure, yeah. yeah. And, and he came on and looked fresh, looked good. So it's, it's just those little things that, yeah, you know, Wigan doesn't have the depth that we have, and that was apparent in that in that cup game. Whereas, you know, we for the first time finally recruited well enough to have uh, a, probably a solid starting twenty-two. Really, <laughs> you know, top to yeah. bottom, we we have a decent position player uh, waiting in the depths. So, yeah, realistically, there's two starting eleven Sunderland could feel that would probably both finish in the top <laughs> half of League One as well. I'd like to say so, yeah. Uh, and, and and there's probably some truth to that. I th- we have a lot of skill, a lot of talent, and a lot of, I think, hunger, too. It, it seems like everyone wants to be there, which is, uh, we could, definitely could not say that about our previous squads. Yeah. Um, we'll just quickly look through the team that did start yesterday against Bolton. Um, I don't think it was any surprise, really, as to the starting 11. Obviously, Hoffman, Winchester, Flanagan, Doyle, and Sirk, and obviously Flanagan back from suspension. Uh, Luke O'Neill, Daniel, Ed McGeady, Alex Pritchard in for the injured Gooch, albeit I don't think that's a serious injury. Elliot Embleton and of course Ross Stewart. Um, and I suppose it's a good thing, Michael. You know, when you're looking at the teams, and so I think you do the fan hub stuff as well. You kind of try to predict the lineup where you can. You'll get this. You might get the starting eleven wrong that you predict you'll see, but there's a good reason for it. You know, Broadhead did very well against Wigan midweek. Could he have possibly started? Probably. You know, you've got like Aidan O'Brien, who wasn't even in the matchday squad yesterday. You've got a lot of options there that it is very hard to predict who will start because everyone's playing well. Well, that's what you want, isn't it? And I think you both um, touched on it just a minute ago that if you look at it, we have two squads, both of which could be in the top half of League One. And for me, that says a lot that the play, even the fringe players would walk into a lot, without being sounding too arrogant, they would walk into a lot of sides in this league that even yeah. just the free players that aren't even getting the game for us. And as you and it's all about competition. So the likes of Broadhead took his goal very, very well in midweek. Um, Huggins obviously had to come on yesterday, um, but he did very well for O'Neill's goal against Wigan. So there's, there is promise there. Aidan O'Brien's got a hat-trick against Blackpool. There's players there that are chomping at the bit, ready to come in. And the good thing about that is that even if they don't get minutes, if they continue to ma- if they continue to maintain the hunger and maintain the positive attitude they're showing at the minute, that's going to force a lot of the players that are starting to to keep this to raise their standards and importantly keep them high. That's the crucial thing, and that's for me been mm-hmm. something that Sunderland have seriously lacked over the previous five or six seasons, where players just didn't haven't had high standards, and that's for one of the reasons we've struggled so much. So hopefully. This is a sign that if players keep their standards high, we know we're not going to win every game. We know that, but in this league, we should be winning at least three quarters of our games, in my opinion. So, if Especially you keep the standards high, 
Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I mean, the more games, especially at home, the more games you win at home, then effectively yep. you could need, you don't need to win a handful of your away games to give yourself a shot of the top two. So the higher the standards are kept and the competition is there and the harmony that's there, the better. Yeah. Um, well, obviously you finished 1-0 yesterday, Kyle. And, you know, there's so many games that, that we come on after um, and talk about it and question how we've kind of scraped the win you know in the end you know Bolton like Michael said earlier probably the best side that we've played um without actually doing too much in the final third um but Sunderland had chances you know you look back at that Alex Pritchard chance um, and luckily you know he's missed that it didn't really count for too much in the end we've still won the game still got the three points but we really need to start taking the extra <laughs> chances that we get and just kill these teams off you know before the 97th minute <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it's just testament to that. We we still haven't played our best football yet, uh, which is, I guess, good good at this point of the season. It'd be different if it was, you know, January or February, we're still saying that. But um, I think there's still a lot of room for that. And I, I think those missed opportunities are just kind of fuel these other players to, to okay, I want to get my first goal. I want to get, you know, I want to, you know, get on the sheet again. So, yeah, I, so many opportunities. I would say probably three or four opportunities that we could have added two to three more goals. And it's only a matter of time before those start to click. Uh, it, it, we're getting ourselves in really, really good positions, which is another, not that keep harping back on previous seasons, but previous seasons would be, you know, Wyke alone in the box, <laughs> no one else making runs to, to yeah. try to get up there. And, and you know, I noticed yesterday, oh, nine was playing really high up. That's probably because you got that goal last time. Um, you know, I'd like some Giddy and Pritchard up there as well. So it's just a matter of a focus, focus and, and just being clinical in front of those, you know, when we get those chances, we're going to create more chances, which means hopefully we'll have some more practice, uh, putting those away and, and making this a lot less nervy of a, uh, uh, 90 minute affair for sure. Yeah. And just on Bolton, Michael, you know, I put a tweet out when I got home, which was about an hour and a half after the game finished because the traffic in Sunderland after a match day is absolutely shocking. But I got home, put a tweet out, and, and Bolton fans seem to like it. And I suppose I'll I'll probably tone it down a little bit for the podcast. But it was essentially on the lines of, you know, Bolton, best side we've played this season, very well drilled, and couldn't finish a dinner, I'll, uh, I'll say instead. Um, but realistically, that, that was the case, wasn't it? You know, a better side, you know, better in the final third. It could have been two, three, maybe even four, one losers in that game. Well, <clears throat> put it this way, if you go through all the teams we've played in the league so far this season, so if you look at, I'll, I'll try and touch just on it quickly, Wigan had patches where they did all right, but for the large part were ineffective. MK Dons, kind of the same thing. Patches didn't look effective, but they also did give us a little bit of a game towards the end. Burton, we were robbed there. Wimbledon, yeah. I thought, weren't particularly good. Uh, Wickham, again, maybe had one 10-minute spell at the second half or even at the start of that game, but again, didn't ultimately do that much. Accrington, at the time we played them, obviously, was a top-two clash, but I, I thought Accrington, all they were interested, seeming interested in doing is time-wasting when we were level. Yeah. Um, we've got Fleetwood, who I think got into the game last 15 minutes because we allowed them to do it, pretty much. Mm. Um, but Bolton, like you've just said there, Bolton, the, I think the, probably the main reason we did keep a clean sheet is because Bolton didn't create, they didn't finish the chances that they did. But to be fair, we... Bear in mind, Sunderland, I think, actually, I don't know, that second half was probably the most nerve-wracking second half I've experienced for quite some time. Yeah, because, definitely. Because, mm -hmm. uh, and, and there's one thing I would criticise Sunderland with, 
is the fact that every time we kept trying to get the ball out of defence and trying to get up the field, we kept on trying to outskill everyone and trying to do stupid little dance moves and all that. And we end up, <laughs> and we end, and we end up losing the ball in needless situations, which invited pressure back onto our back line. So I, w- I wish we'd been a little bit better with that. But as you said, though, like, Bolt, like I said, honestly, I said before the game, Bolt, this will be a really tough game. Bolt and Gore yep. Britain, again, out of all the sides that are promoted, I'd be a uh, Bolton's the one that I think would have higher aspirations realistically than make sure we don't get relegated or consolidate because yeah. they will give teams a go. And I mark my words, and if I'm if this falls flat on my face in a few months and I'm wrong, so be it. But I think they will take points off top sides this season. Mark my words. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter obviously talking about the game afterwards, and you know, you know, it's quite easy to criticize a performance after a victory way more than it is to you know criticize performance after a defeat because things do kind of get thrown out of proportion a little bit but there was a lot of people claiming that might have been the worst performance that we've had this season um and i suppose in some aspects it was you know i think if you look at the first 15 minutes especially kyle Sunderland just couldn't get out of their own half you know you look at the two center halves that we had playing obviously flanagan and doyle um Again, little catchphrase now, we'll get onto them later. But Doyle, you know, when he first came to Sunderland, he loved that cross-field pass and he would do it three, four times a game and, and succeed at it and would create attack that way. He tried that early stages in the first half. It never came off once, I don't think. Um, Flanagan was very frustrating to watch on the ball yesterday. I think he pondered a lot. And I think there was one passage of play where it went from Doyle to Flanagan to Doyle to Flanagan <laughs> to Hoffman to Doyle. And... It, we just couldn't get out of our own half in the first 15 minutes. Yeah, and I think that's credit to Bolton that they they showed up wanting to play, you know, and not just sitting back and allowing us to eat up basically our own half the field. So, yeah, and just like what Michael said, they're very well drilled. I mean, they, they didn't open up very many lanes for us. They didn't keep us out, you know, open wide on the wings so that Doyle could make those types of passes. So, you know, credit to them. It's, you know, it wasn't maybe the most pleasing thing on the eye, but it did look like a real football match, which was nice. And, you know, we'll probably only see that against a handful of teams in this league. And and Bolton's one of them. And it's supposed to say at home, you know, that's just where we just can't get frustrated and we just have to stay patient because as soon as we start trying to press the issue, they're ready for the counter. You know, you had, uh, I think it was Affelion on on Bolton. I mean, my God, what what is what a good player. <laughs> I mean, and so if, if if Doyle was trying that cross pass, it was probably going right to him. And then it's he's probably breaking down the wing and it's a one-on-one against Winchester, right? So I think it was a lesson in patience for us just to say, hey, let's not force the issue. We're at home. Let's absorb this a little bit and uh, just wait for opportunities. Yeah. Do you know, well, sorry, Robert, do you notice the speed in which Bolton went forward? There was occasionally yep. like one passing across the, across the field. Especially down the left. They're straight yep. down the wings in our third. I'm like, Jesus Christ, they both <laughs> quick. Yep. Now, I think one of the things I noticed as well a lot when Bolton were attacking and, and especially counter-attacking was they mainly seemed to focus down our right, obviously their left-hand side, um, obviously the side that McGeady was playing on. And I think a lot of sides will probably try to target that a little bit because McGeady just... <sighs> I don't know what it is. There's just something about McGeady in a defensive sense that he just seems to get in the way at times. I'll go for you, Michael. Well, put, I'll answer that with a question. Do you think in that sense, then, we missed Gooch? Because Gooch is the type of... Because as much as... I, and, and, I nev- and yes, this is me sticking up for Gooch here, which is like an unsung thing, because I'm usually one of Gooch's biggest critics. But Gooch does... I think, I think McGeady tends to be allowed to get more of almost a free role, and that Gooch will, do, will drop back and do the defensive and ugly side of the game. 
that's just not McGeady's thing. And now he's yeah. improved at it. Don't get me wrong. Over the last couple of seasons, I think he has got better at it, but he's, it's still not his sort of thing, really. So, yeah, I mean, I can see what you mean. Like, almost every attack they were trying was going down their, their left-hand side and obviously our right. Um, and thankfully, they've come up against Winchester, who I thought was very, very good and obviously has been very good so mm-hmm. far this season. But I do get your point. I just wonder whether... Because I've listened to a few other podcasts and they were saying they really missed Gooch. And at first, I didn't quite get what they meant. But when you put it like that, it actually does sound of... It kind of, I think maybe that's what that's been alluded to in that yeah. will help out Winchester and not, and you'll get forward, but not at the expense of leaving us completely exposed unless we absolutely have to. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think the thing is with McGeady as well, like, I don't want to do him like a disservice here because, you know, I don't think he had a bad game yesterday. He wasn't great, but he just, he's what, 36 years old now. He doesn't have that yard of pace that Gooch has. So, you know, when, when a switch is made by Bolton, you know, you get Gooch. Often he gives away stupid fouls, granted, but you know he's very quick to get in front of the man and, and kind of you know stop any any real threat. You know the players can get back in a position there. But as McGeady kind of ponders over a little bit, and on the other side, on the offensive side, I think what we lacked yesterday as well with Gooch is I don't really think we had anyone on the pitch capable of carrying the ball forward. You know, mm-hmm. as as a counter-attacking threat, I suppose, Kyle. Yeah, I think we saw a little bit of it from Sirkin on a few of those runs, but I, I mean, you shouldn't have to be relying on your on your left back or right back for that. So it's just, yeah, we definitely missed Gooch there, and I think that kind of, you know, I think it's good that we have different options for one, you know, because Gooch isn't going to be able to play every single game, and this kind of gives Johnson an idea of okay, when Gooch is on the field, how how can we best utilize him? What were we missing, and how can we? You know, focus in on on capitalizing on that when he is on the field. You know, because I think we pushed Embleton a little bit more out wide, and and he definitely was a little bit more anonymous. And I'm sure we'll get onto that, but but yeah, no, j- just like you guys mentioned. I mean, Gooch is there. He he provides that great track back. He just doesn't. He never stops. And sometimes you do need somebody to be out there, kind of like an enforcer, to to kind of make those fouls and break up play a little bit, and and kind of get under yeah. their skin. And that's what Gooch excels at. Yeah, well, despite the first 15 minutes of Sunderland just not really being able to get out to one half, Sunderland did take the lead, um, and it was the two full-backs that combined for the goal. Obviously, Dennis Serkin on the left, we've mentioned, you know, he's up and down the pitch a lot, and I think he's definitely improving with each game. Um, and one thing that I did say about him uh, a few weeks ago was if he does want to become, like, a top League One left-back at the moment, obviously he has potential to go even further, but his final ball had to improve. Um, and I thought it wasn't bad yesterday. Obviously, he's got the assist for the goal. He's crossed it into Winchester, who ad- admittedly, at the time, I thought he'd put it <laughs> over the bar because it was very close to being over the bar. I think he yeah. hit it yep. just about as high in the net as he possibly could have. <laughs> but again, Michael, just yeah, Carl Winchester. <laughs> Winniester, just what a boy. That's it. It's just, it's just incredible how he's... <laughs> I'm struggling to find words for it because at the start of the season, we said, oh, Winchester's going to be one of your standout players at right back. Then I just don't know what you would have been smoking or taking him. <laughs> but yeah. it's fair play to him. He's got, what is it, three goals, I think, in the league? Yeah. So, and what's incredible is that he has not looked out of place at right back. And it might even yep. get to the point, like the 0 where he's just going to be playing at right back so often that we then start to think of him primarily as a right back who can play in midfield rather than vice versa. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean Winchester. I mean, I'll quickly touch on the Sirkin thing. I think Sirkin, and I think I've seen a few other people mention this. The, the aggressive run he showed for the goal was really, really good. He, st- he continues. He started to run at their back line, ran past their fullback, ran into the six-yard box, 
and then drilled it across the ball, drilled it across the box, which basically confused <laughs> Bolton, I would imagine, and then Winchester yeah. right place, right time. And because Sirkin was occupying a lot of the Bolton defenders, it left Winchester a bit more ex- exposed at the back post. I'm sure Bolton will feel they should have done better defensively, but Winchester, what can you say? He just he gets forward. He's got the odd goal here and there. He stops crosses. He, he's just he's just not look out of place at all. And fair play to him. More power to him. Yeah. Well, it was one nil at half time, um, and I think you know the chances in the first half, especially for both sides, were very limited. Um, you know, I think Stewart had quite a team effort on his left foot, saved by the keeper. Um, and again, I think there was another one that that Stewart had from a from Winchester cross again, fullbacks getting forward, getting the ball in the box. But it was a very tough watch of a first half, I suppose, and realistically a, a tough watch of a game in general as well. And we'll get on to the second half now, Kyle. Realistically, it was just an onslaught from Bolton. <laughs> right. If you, if you were to tell me to pick out, you know, one or two events or plays on the second half, I can maybe think of one late on with the Jaku, you know, not, not, yeah pulling the trigger on a shot but outside of that i i really don't it was almost just like a blur i think it's just because my nerves are so high thinking like yeah. oh please like let's just get another goal or let's not concede but the the few standouts i did see in that second half you flanagan it's just i never would have thought in a million years that i would be so happy to see him back in the team sheet but he it just you can see how much more organized we are with him back there and he made some great plays just some really just really good at reading the the flow of play yeah. Um, and, and so I just, I just remember a lot of kind of last ditch efforts, a lot, you know, a lot of last ditch tackles. Oh nine was really busy, uh, really physical, uh, help broke, break up plays a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a testament to, to our organization or I, I think it's more so just Bolton. They, they were just really good. I mean, they, they played really well they were physical, especially on their back line. They were just big. They were just because I feel like in League One you're either big or you're either technical and you're never both. I think Bolton's as close as kind of being that both. Apart from Stewart, obviously. Yeah, of course. Of Apart course. from ourselves, because we're massive. I mean, yeah, the, yes, yes. So, but that's just kind of the trend I've noticed in League One, and and I, I still think Bolton. I think that is the best side that we've played so far. I think as far, and I think now we are at that point in the season where the the cream kind of rises to the top. Um, so I think in these next few weeks, especially after Tuesday, having to come off a physical Saturday, coming to Tuesday, um, you know, it, I think things will definitely start to separate here in the next week or two. Yeah. And I'm not sure the best way to kind of put this, Michael, but, you know, I've mentioned about how we say Bolton are probably the best team we've played this season and how some fans seem to think that was the worst performance from a Sunderland point of view. Do you think them two points are sort of over-exaggerated you know, both on both ends to the point where Sunderland were poor um, and Bolton were good, but Bolton weren't excellent and Sunderland weren't awful, if you know where I'm coming from. It's quite a hard <laughs> no, way to describe I, I know, it. I but... Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Like, do you mean as anything people are exaggerating how bad they felt we were and how good Bolton were? So yeah. In other words, Bolton are good. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Um, I can see how it would come across that way. I do think that Bolton... I mean, obviously, look, I mean, you could argue that because we're saying that by far the best team we've played this season, but you could argue that's not a high standard to break because a lot of the team, <laughs> a lot of the team without, again, without trying to sound disrespectful, but it's going to sound disrespectful. There's a lot of the teams we've played have had probably 10, 15 minute patches, but apart from that, haven't really done all that much. In yeah. terms of whether it's the worst performance of the season, I would still say Wimbledon probably was, but only because I think Bolton are a better side than what mm. Wimbledon were. <laughs> Wimbledon, most of the time, were sort of content to sit deep and defend their own box until they obviously had to go for it later on in the game. 
Bolton were not afraid to do that. Bolton will we're, we're, we're basically willing to come at us from minute one, which again was what I expected that they would do. And as I said earlier, when they come up against, when I mean, look at it this way: they played Wigan in the cup, I think, and only just lost on penalties. When and they've still got to go to Wigan, they've still got a host Wigan. That that those games will be competitive. I think when it comes down to it, Sunderland. I think they conceded a little few too many chances for my liking. But again, realistically, yeah. we were going. To, we were always going to do that against a side that is so aggressive and isn't afraid to really give us a game either. I will point that out because when other teams have tried to have a go at us, they've always been a bit overcautious when they get in the final third because they know the quality that we've got going mm. forward. If that makes sense, and I think Bolton were just like, "Screw it, let's go for it." Um, I mean, Accrington's a good example. Even if Akron occasionally did try to go go at us, but they left themselves so exposed with almost a 2v1 situation with that much of a high line they were playing. Bolton had a little bit less naivety in that sense. As for whether Sunderland were, um, as for whether Sunderland were awful, I think Bolton missed, like I said, Bolton missed a few chances, but I did think Sunderland did hold their shape fairly well when we mm. had two late on in the game. Um, and obviously, and especially, it was especially pleasing because obviously after last week, you know, I was kind of in my head going 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, and thankfully yeah. it never came. So, it, I can see what you mean. It's it's kind of in between the, the two the two the two extremes rather. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think we 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 could very well be. Hopefully, we'll be looking back at that victory and think, you know what? Forget the performance. Biggest three points we've had. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, you finished one nil, Kyle. Um, and you know, I said it. A lot of people said it. People on the radio said it. Last season, previous seasons, we wouldn't have won that one nil. You know, would would have conceded a goal at some point. Um. Maybe wouldn't have even scored the goal, you know, if, if that was Callum <laughs> McFadzine crossing to Max Powell or something. God knows oh, don't, that ball would have ended started. up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's get chills. Yeah, but ultimately it finished one nil. Um, we've got the three points. I think we are still second in the league on goal difference. Um, and you know, I think if we win, well, I'm not sure what the game in hand is now, but without obviously getting too far in advance, if we win the game in hand, you're four points clear of the automatic promotion spot. Still 40 games left to go or something, but still, you've got to start somewhere. But it's, it's a good sign that Sunderland come out of a game like that where people will question how good Sunderland were. People will question the chances that we've given away um, and, and the finishing from a Sunderland point of view. It's a good sign to come out of that with a win. Absolutely. Yeah, because, and it's funny when people say, oh, this could have been our worst performance. You know, if if Dejaku and Pritchard both take their chances a little bit better, we could easily be saying this was our best performance, right? And we'd yeah. be looking at three nil, you know. So <laughs> it's just it's funny how I mean those margins are just so slim. And and like we mentioned before, the fact that we're able to to grind out it's a lot easier, I think, to learn and be receptive and to grow with a, a very close win. I mean, a, lo- a loss, sure you can learn a lot in losing or drawing, but. Winning, you at least kind of maintain that that optimism from the fans and the optimism in the dressing room as well. You know, so it, it helps to be able to to grind out these wins because especially as as the weather starts to turn, it's going to start to get a little bit colder. We're we're probably going to be seeing a lot more one nil. And I I feel like our first half or this first quarter of the schedule has been pretty front loaded. I I feel like we've played a lot of top top competition so far. And, yeah. you know, I could just be talking out my ass or, and not really seeing who everyone else has played, but I feel like we've played a lot of the contenders right off the bat, and we fared very well. Taking those points early in this season is only going to help our cause later in the season. Yeah. And obviously, I think we've still got, I think Portsmouth is, I think, at next weekend. Um, yes, it Still got the likes of Charlton, Sheffield, Wednesday to play. Albeit, I don't think they've actually, them three teams have started particularly well. But again, look at Blackpool. They're playing championship football now. And I think, you know, this time last year, 
you wouldn't have even considered Blackpool <laughs> as a as a promotion rival. But we'll get into the player ratings as we do, and we'll start with Hoffman, who I went with a seven. Um, it was a double save in the first half, which I think Sunderland tweeted at the time and and said he spilt it, which I think was harsh because I think there was either a deflection on it or you know a defender kind of moved his leg out the way and you saw it last second. But it was a good double save in the first half and then a good save from a header in the second as well. You know, his distribution's tired, and I mentioned it in a previous podcast as well. Um, he has a hell of an arm on him. You know, he can throw the ball. Yep. I think he reached Ross Stewart on the halfway line with one of his throws. Um, so, yeah, I went with a seven. And Kyle, I'll start with you. Yeah, I, I would say that's fair. I, I'd love to give him an eight. It's his first clean sheet, you know, especially at home. That's really big. But he just looks... He looks like he belongs, I guess. I, I and, and I hate it because Burge played very well. Burge has been really well. Even Patterson was okay as well. But I just, it's just so, so shallow. But when you looked at Burge, he just didn't really instill me with any confidence. Whereas for some reason, Hoffman, maybe it's that, yeah. that German chiseled jaw, but it's just something about him. I just look back and be like, oh yeah, he's a, we're, we're in good hands. He's the one. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I think seven, seven's fair. I think uh, great for him to get that clean sheet. Hopefully more to come. Yeah. Michael? Well, I would say the reason that he stills with more confidence is because he looks like 11 foot seven. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that can probably help a little bit. On the ratings, yes, I agree. Full uh, hat trick of sevens. I think that Hoffman, he obviously was a bit nervous against Accurate. And if you remember, his distribution occasionally was a little bit sloppy at Fleetwood, really good, and, and continued that trend yesterday. And I think the more he plays, the better he's going to get. He made yeah. saves when he had to, he was reassuring when balls came into the box. It's just that little, it's those little calming presence. So for me, yeah. I can't disagree with the rating. Yeah. Um, Winchester got the goal, ultimately won the game. And, you know, since he's playing as a defender, he kept a clean sheet as well, which, you know, if you were playing fantasy football, you'd get points for that as well. So I suppose you've got to incorporate that in as well. Um, so I went with the nine. Again, don't really know what he could have done more to get a 10, possibly a brace, Hatrick. I don't know. But yeah, I'll, I'll just go with a nine, Kyle. Yep. Uh, just another week where I just love watching him play. <laughs> it's just, he's so fun. It's just his energy, his enthusiasm, his mix of like four or five different celebrations that he was going through as he yeah. scored that. It was just, uh, was just great. And yeah, he was pretty close to skying that as well, you know, but the fact that he was there, uh, in the right position shows that, you know, Johnson's teaching these things on the training pitch, right? Cause we've seen that before. A well, well-driven boss cross the, the mouth of the goal and there's, you know, maybe skip past one person, but then there's no one on the backside to just to put it home. Yeah. And, and he was all of a sudden the camera panned over and it's like, Oh, well there he is. And he just nice little tapped right in. And, and yeah, lo- love to see it. I'd say, yeah, nine as well. I just, he just keeps getting better, which is uh, for someone in this stage of his career is uh, really exciting to see. It is Michael. I would go slightly lower just with an eight because I felt there was one or two occasions he was caught a little bit out of position, but that's me being very, very hypercritical. In general, you two have covered it. So all I'll say is, Winnie Esther, that's it. Yeah. Um, moving on to the centre-halves, and I think this is kind of making me second-guess kind of what I'm going to say a little bit because, again, you know, I think Doyle, you know, he set his standard very high at the start of the season. His passing was excellent. Um, that crossfield switch was excellent, um, and a lot of our attacking attack and play came from them passes. Uh, yesterday, again, like I said, I think he attempted at four, maybe five times in the game, and maybe it came off once. I think I think one was up to Ross Stewart. Um, did the basics well again, defended well, but uh, it's a difficult one. I, I'm going to go with a six purely because I know what Doyle can do. We've seen what he can do, and I don't think as play on the ball was as good as it has been in previous weeks. So I'll go with a high six. 
maybe, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, I would say because he didn't make a critical error that led directly to a goal. None that I can remember. Maybe he did, but th- not, nothing that led to a direct goal-scoring opportunity. I'd say it's fair for him to stay at a six. And I think we mentioned it, too, in those earlier pods. It's just like he's playing out of his mind, which is you know incredible to see. But eventually it'll it'll settle, right? You know, he's he's young. He's obviously, as, as has been mentioned, and well-documented. Um, but what he lacks at making those cross-field passes, he does play the ball really well up the field on the ground. You know, a few times yeah. you take those first 10 yards and then just have a really nice, hard on-the-ground pass to Embleton or McGeady, uh, who have great touch, who can just bring it down, and then it just kind of springs our attack. So I think a six is fair. Yeah, he's not making those worldly plays anymore, but it's, you know, it, he's just solid. He's just very solid every single week. So six yeah. is fair. And I suppose, Mike, like, it, it does kind of seem a little bit harsh that Sunderland have kind of defended for large parts of the second game. Uh, second half, sorry, um, and come away with winning, and we're giving him a six. But it, but that's he's because you better. know what he's capable of, though, isn't yeah. it? That's the that's the main reason. Like we've seen better performances from Doyle. Put it this way: you'd rather have Doyle playing at a level of a six when you know he's capable of an eight or a nine <laughs> than a yep. than a Callum McFadden who might occasionally get a six when we know he's a one. So that's <laughs> the that that's the big big difference. I mean, like I agree with the six rating. I think that's about fair. One or two times he looked a little bit nervous, but bearing in mind again, Bolton are by far the best, like I said, best team and they're probably the most physical team. Like they, they've got a lot of like firepower muscle in their side. So I think that I think that Doyle probably felt that a bit. But in general, I thought when he had to defend, he did it and just sort of again did the usual, you know, bring the ball down and tried to get it out from the back rather than just hoofing it. Other than when you have to, so you know, can't disagree. Yeah. Uh, Fanagan, um, again, I've, I've went with a six, and again, similar to Doyle. Um, well, I say similar to Doyle, not necessarily, because I think he was so frustrating watching him on the ball yesterday. Um, there was times where, at least Doyle, when he got the ball, he would drive forward a little bit and play that forward pass. And there were so many times Fanagan got the ball from Doyle or, or from Hoffman, and he, he just stopped dead on the ball. You know, you think, go five yards forward, play that pass, get us moving, and he, and he would just go sideways or backwards. And I think... Towards the start of the season, he had cut that out a little bit. I think he, yesterday, just, he did kind of regress that little bit. And I will add as well, I think he's the only footballer I've seen in a while that can do the most basic thing ever and get a huge cheer in the stadium. You know, there was that turn, I think. You know, he just chopped the ball past the attacker, got a massive roar, ultimately ended up giving the ball away and, and Bolton countered. But yeah, I'll, I'll say a six as well for Flanagan, Kyle. Yeah, coming in, I was thinking maybe a seven or an eight just because I was so happy to have him back. But now that you bring up those players, like, oh, yeah, I do remember those. Um, yeah, six. I, I would say it's just great to have him back. Great to have him back in that back line. I think he's just really well organized. And I think even Dan Neal was saying it, too, how he is the uh, the team the team prankster a little bit. And, and you know, yeah. seems to be a really fun guy to have, to have around. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just knowing that sort of depth. That's why I love those interviews, by the way. It's just I love kind of getting that extra layer of depth for these players. It, it gets you a little bit more attached to them. And so I love having the uh, the old jokester out there, the joker, Tom Flanagan, out there. Just he doesn't chaos. look like much of a joker, though, does he? he? He looks like quite a bland character if you just saw him in the street. Right. Right, yeah, and it's yeah, good for him. I I I think it's a lot of fun. But as far as play on the field, yeah, I, th- I think a six is probably pretty well warranted. But it, we did look more organized, which I really enjoyed. So I'd say a high six. Yeah, Michael. For me, I would go slightly one up. I think seven. I thought having him back was a massive difference. And I, and again, someone who was one of Flanagan's biggest critics recently, I, I've never thought I'd be saying that. 
about him two months ago. I thought that Flanagan, in a defensive sense, was very good. I thought he showed Bolton out. I mean, maybe one occasion, two occasions, he gave away a soft free kick. I think it was on the right arm there. Bolton's <laughs> left our right-hand side in the second half, which thankfully they did nothing from. But I think in general, he was positionally, I thought he was very good. I thought he defended when he had to, helped Callum Doyle out. Um, yeah, and obviously, look, I, I, I'm just going to give him a seven for that spin that he did. That was just really, really, really <laughs> shit house. Sorry for me swearing, shit houseery and fun to watch. It was yep. brilliant. Keep it up, Flannel. We'll move on to the left back, which was again Dan Serkin, who did go off injured. Um, and I don't, I don't actually know what he went off for. Obviously, there was a head collision earlier. Um, yeah. I think it was a while after that that we went off, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't... I, I think, I think it has to be a concussion though, with how we were granted that fourth sub. And yeah. a lot of times, those concussions, yeah, you get hit. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not actually sure how it works. I could be completely wrong on this, but I think obviously the Bolton player definitely came off worse. I think you might have yep. seen the the picture that I tweeted, where he is quite literally covered in blood. Um, looked like somewhere out of Final Destination. But <laughs> I think if if Bolton make that concussion sub, I think regardless what happens to the Sunderland player, I think they potentially get a substitute extra as well. I could be completely wrong on that, but. I don't I, think you sure. are. I think I got told that on my YouTube video. Yeah, I, I think that's how it works. I mean, it would make sense. Um, otherwise, I suppose you could just mm. abuse the concussion substitute rule. Yeah, I, well, I, I think that whoever gets subbed off for a concussion does have to miss a game or two. I, mm-hmm. and I think that's how it's balanced out. I could be totally wrong as well. But that, that would how it makes sense to me. It's like, sure, you can have this extra sub, but that player gets subbed off. He if he is concussed, which I I have had concussions before, and it's they are not fun not at pleasant. all. No, yeah, yeah, gotta love American football, but um, <laughs> it's it's just yeah. So I I think I think we'll see Circan out of the side, and I think not only is that a precaution, but I think that is just the rule for the next game or two. So yeah, could be completely wrong on that. We don't actually know. We're just kind of waffling yeah, tweet a little us. bit on tweet that. Tweet us on that angrily. <laughs> Um, but on it was rating, you know, I think again he's he's getting better with every game. Got up and down well, got the assist for the goal, great ball in. Um and I think defensively he's definitely improving as well. I remember the first game he didn't really look sure what to do when he went one on one with a man. Um but I think, you know, yesterday he held his ground, didn't really show him outside, didn't really show him inside, it just stood him up and you know, he's made the tackle when the players try to advance past him. Um so again I've went I've went with an eight for Circan, Kyle. Yeah, yep. God, I'm just agreeing with you and everything, but definitely an eight as well. I think he does a lot of the same things that we've seen in the past from Hume, especially when it comes to attacking. You know, it beat that first man and you just immediately get inside and upfield. But he's just he's just way more physical, way more physical on the ball and has a better final product, as we saw. Um, and then defensively, too, he's just I remember when he's getting subbed off and just kind of seeing the definition of muscle in his in his uh, in his quads, in his legs. I mean, he's 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 thick. Yeah, I mean, he's he's he <laughs> throw his body That's around. It. Describing it. Right. It's, so it's just uh, yeah, I think he's just great for this level. And I think he can assist us going forward as well. I'm really glad he is a, a player we purchased um, yeah. other than alone. Not that loans are bad, but it's just it's going to be fun to see him to see him grow. I hope uh, everything's around the concussion, um, and I think his replacement Huggins I think came on and played pretty well in his stead. So um, yeah, really enjoyed what I saw from Sirkin. Yeah, and Michael, you're rating far with thick left back. <laughs> yeah, uh, eight as well. I think for me, if, if he'd been able to stay on the pitch fully, I mean, I would probably have given him man of the match. I mean, I might even, I may I might even contradict myself and still give him man of the match later. But regardless, I. It amazes me how much he continues to impress every game. He's getting better and better. We remember he's only, is he 19 years old? 
it is it's really yeah like, it feels like a late teenager at this point and yeah. uh, all i'll say and as well it's just so, one of my pet peeves is when a full back can't defend I absolutely yeah. really drives me nuts how Ironically, that, that, that's a lot of fullbacks nowadays in football, isn't it? Oh, even oh, even yes, if you look yeah, at like oh, Trent yeah. Alexander Arnold at Liverpool, you know, he's a very good player, but defensively, that's probably his weakest it's his weakest attribute. Thing, I, just, I yeah. just wonder like uh, how can you how can you be a part of a bat line and not know how to defend? It just, just doesn't it just baffles me. So with when it comes to circling, it's so refreshing for once to have a fullback who knows when to stop a cross, when to follow a man, when to grin the ball out, when to hoof it. It's just the basic things like that that make such a huge difference. Yeah. Um, Luke on nine, midfield. I've went with the six, and I think part of that is just knocked down because of the yellow card that he got just before half time. You know, just completely needless. There's no need for it. Um and again, you know, I think you pick. I think it might have been Fleetwood. He got a yellow card in as well, quite early in the game. Ultimately, it didn't actually affect, you know, his desire to go into tackles and, and this, that, and the other. And it didn't again yesterday. But just because it's just a needless yellow card, and that makes him, you know, one yellow closer to a suspension. I think he's on four now for the season. So obviously, his next one will mean that he misses the um, whichever game comes after that yellow card. But you know, played some neat stuff. Um, gets around the pitch everywhere, you know, wherever you look up, he's there, he's running, he's chasing the ball down um, again in the walls again. But I've went with a six, Kyle. And again, I agree with you. Uh, and I think O'Nine is the the typical, if he's on your team, you love him. But if you play against him, you just absolutely hate him because yeah. he's so good at drawing those fouls. You know, he'll he'll just at the last second get himself between the ball and the player. And, and he, he dives pretty well. I'll, I'll give him that. But yeah, you just <laughs> hey, I'm sure the other teams are just hating him. But uh, love to have him. Love to have him around. And I think he's a great personality, uh, really embodies kind of. You know, what the club wants to see out there is just somebody who just does not stop running. Just run and run and run. So a testament to the, you know, training staff and getting everybody in shape. But, yeah, I think it's six just because outside of that, I don't think he really he didn't negatively impact and positive, positively impact. So, yeah, a six. Yeah, Michael? Another hat trick. Six. <laughs> um, I think 09, is, it's just that it's a typical 09 performance. I agree with you on the yellow card. It was needless because then... You know, it, it gives you that little bit of doubt, like, oh, if he gets another yellow, then he's sent off and gets a ban yeah. and so on. You just don't need to put yourself in that situation. O'Neill yeah. gets targeted a lot as well, I've noticed, mm-hmm. especially this yep. season. Yeah, he, he he's got that shoulder injury as well. Yeah, he draws a lot of physical contact in the game, doesn't he? Um, that's. I mean, I, I wonder whether people know about his pop shoulder, which is one thing that eventually that might have to get sorted, even if he doesn't want to stop playing for us. But... um. The point is, I think he, he kept it going in midfield, and some, and especially in a game like yesterday, that was when we really needed something like that. So yep. you know, you know what, he was a he was a shit house, which I yeah. absolutely adore. So yeah, fair enough. Big shit house. You, you'd never guess that he came from Wickham, would you? <laughs> right. What makes yeah. you say that, man? What <laughs> makes you say that? Um, alongside him in midfield was again Daniel Neal. Um, but I think yesterday he was quite annoyingly quiet. You know, I don't think he saw much to the ball. Um, and again, Bolton, a very well-organised team, didn't really allow the space in behind for the likes of Stewart or, or McGeady. And, and I think that's the type of games that Neil might struggle in because you know what Neil's capable of. He can play that third through ball. He can, he can make that, you know, that long pass, that short pass. And I think when but the way Bolton set up, it kind of limited that little bit. But on the occasion that he did have the ball, um, he was quite effective. So again, I've went with a six, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, and I I can't imagine anything outside of that. Just because, like you said, I think really he was marked out of the game, and I think with with how his first uh, few games of the season have gone, 
Uh, he's kind of been our, our star, I would say, you know, in a, or at least the one who's getting the most hype and getting the interviews and things like that. Teams yeah. obviously read into that and they know, you know, hey, let's mark, try to mark him out of the game. And I honestly think it's okay that he doesn't have a blinder every single game because uh, I'd be afraid that he'd be picked up <laughs> by yeah. by leagues above. So I'm okay with him being a little bit more quiet. Uh, he helped back a lot, you know, with Cirkin a lot of those times. Um, Cirkin kind of hold him up. Daniel mm-hmm. will just kind of come in and, and just kind of bite at the ankles a little bit and and try get that ball back. So I think he played his role fine. Didn't get out of position. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine you can give really anything outside of a six. Yeah, Michael. Likewise, <laughs> I think uh, yeah. I, I can't. I, I, the thing is, this is the disadvantage of going last is that I think you two pretty much make all the articulate <laughs> waffle on. All I'll say probably is that I think for I think for Cheltenham, obviously our next game, I think he's going to have a bit more joy in a game like that than he will against Bolton because again, like Bolton now a very very yep. aggressive side and a physical one. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Pritchard obviously came in for Gooch. He played the time against Wigan as well. Started today and. I think at times he does show that he is a very native player, but I don't think he saw enough of the ball against him that Neil to make too much of a difference. You know, I think Bolton were a very physical, very big side, and don't think I'm out of place to say he doesn't really match that. Um, should have obviously scored in the second half, hit it at the keeper from what must have been five yards. He's got to score that, and I think if he scores that, it's a completely different game. And you know, I think he'd probably breathe a sigh of relief a lot quicker than we did yesterday. Um, so I've been a five out of ten for Pritchard, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could probably talk me into that. You know, maybe I'm just nice and I'll give him a six. But I think this was a situation where um, Johnson was like, "Hey, it's time to you know, here's your here's your opportunity." And I don't think, and I'm sure Pritchard knows too. He didn't take full advantage of it. Um, not enough to warrant changing the formation moving forward. I mean, formation is kind of the same, but moving moving Embleton a little bit out wide, having Pritchard be the guy in the middle. I think he's busy. I think he's really good on the ball. I think he's quick. Um, he did press their keeper really well. Uh, yeah, because some of their back passes were just <laughs> terrible. So uh, I, I like that about him. But yeah, I think that was his opportunity to really make things a lot more difficult on Johnson. I don't think he took it. Yeah. So um, yeah, you could probably talk me into a five there. That, that I think it just just had to, in his position where he's not a regular starter he had to make a make a, a game-changing play and he he had the opportunities but didn't take it michael i'd probably go with the six just because i'm taking john's place as the leader of the six-man club. <laughs> um, someone's got to do it i think yeah i think first half i think pritchard actually showed quite a bit of promise i thought he got himself about the pitch he yeah. tried to get things he was linking to, linking things up and moving things forward but Ultimately, what stops him getting a higher rating is that chance at the start of the second half where had he scored yeah. that. Well, based on last week, I might have drawn 2-2. But um, in a normal sense, you, got, you put go 2 up, it just instantly relieves a lot more pressure. And from that close range, he should be scoring. So, yeah, six, but he could have potentially could have been higher. But like you said, that sort of game doesn't really suit Pritchard. He just kept getting fouled and... I think he got bullied a few times, which I think you could definitely tell. Concerned Bolton's players wanted to rival Akriton's, the tallest side I've ever seen plus players. Yeah. <laughs> that um, I think it's Santos, isn't it, at the back for Portland? He's uh, some size. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is. Elliot Embleton, um, again, I think <clears throat> very similar to, to Embleton. You know, I think his decision-making wasn't quite decisive enough um, for large parts of the game and, and found himself kind of losing possession because of it. Um, I said the same against Fleetwood. It was a couple of times he was played through on goal, um, and you know he's tried the shot and 
just slowed down a little bit and, and lost the ball. Ultimately, never got in the same position yesterday, but it was the same sense, kind of slowed up with the ball a little bit, wasn't sure which decision to go with um, and lost the ball. Um, so I went with six for Embleton, purely one higher than Pritchard because he didn't miss a sitter, Kyle. Yeah, it, yeah, and I just can't really remember much of his impact at all. I think I do remember the one, you know, that he got in the box and it was just a little bit wide. Um, and and that's I think that's just fine. You know, I think this is why we're all kind of where we are in the league or, you know, in the in the pyramid, I guess, is that, you know, it consistency is really hard, especially with the team like Bolton. I, and I think we could we're going to kind of touch on that without these final three ratings. But they their back line really just marked our attacking players out of the game. I mean, they, yeah. they didn't have really any air to breathe. So, yeah, I can't really justify anything more than six. I could almost even go five, but I don't remember him doing anything negative either. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Michael? So I probably would go with a five, I think. That, but again, I think it's similar. Your principle with Callum Doyle is kind of mine with Embleton here because I mm. know Embleton is capable of better. Um, but again, as we've touched on, I think Bolton did man-mark him out of the game. And bear in mind, he was shifted into a wide position as well, which I think yep. looking at it, he, he suits the attacking midfield role a lot better. That's where his goals have come from. That's where he's got his assists from. So I think that was that was probably his quietest game that I've seen, but it's not a slight because I think we know that he'll want to be better than that. Yeah. Um, McGeady on the... I think he was on the right-hand side, wasn't he, um, yesterday, again. Um, but again, similar to Pritchard, similar to Embleton, just didn't really have any involvement in the game. Um, a lot of the times that you know he, he was called in action was in a defensive sense. And again, we've, we mentioned that earlier, but again, just didn't really get into the game much. So six for me again, Kyle? Yeah, yep, six. Just couldn't uh, couldn't really put his stamp on the game. And, yeah, I think he's just an interesting one moving forward because I, you know, especially with what, I mean, Dijaku wasn't, you know, extremely impressive, but showed a little bit more pace, showed a little bit more, you know, uh, fearlessness going forward. And I think McGeady has settled into that role of of slowing things down a little bit. And I think that's going to help us in the long run. Like I said, I think McGeady's best, best play is going to come toward the end of the season as long as he can stay in shape. So we just got to stick with it. So steady six for uh, McGeady. Yeah, Michael, six club or not? Have a guess. I'm saying yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, you you've done it again. You you steal all the articulate points, and I can only just agree with you and just like nod my head. But yeah, <laughs> okay, I'll try and put a spin. Like like Kyle said, I think later on there are, there are going to be times when McGeady slowing the game down actually will help us. And I think yesterday was one of those moments when we were up against side that was throwing everything at it. Um, but, you know, I mean, he just doesn't seem to be able to impact games as much. And part of that might be down to his age. He's lost a yard of pace. And it might even get to a point where McGeady is going to be more of an impact sub than a starter. But he's, yeah. like we've said, he's not a bad option. He's an option that every club in this league would love to have. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on to the last player, um, although I do want to kind of talk about one more as well. Uh, Ross Stewart, again, worked hard. Work rate was good. Hold-up play was, was decent at times. But... As a striker, you kind you kind of based on your goals, um, and obviously he didn't get one yesterday, mainly down to no fault of his own. You know, I think our creativity and, and our creative players were definitely singled out of the game and, and limited what we could do in the final third. So, uh, again, six, I suppose, Kyle. Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and concede to Michael. Michael, go ahead. The floor, on, the floor is yours. <laughs> All right then. Um, Six club, but it's the same. It's it's again another principle, same as Doyle and um, 
Embleton for me, that because you know he's better than that. But to be fair, he's got five goals this season, so you know we'll let him off. Yeah, <laughs> you can go on then, Kyle. Agreed. Yeah, that, that's that, that's it basically. Agree and Just, nod your head. Yep. <laughs> that's my job. Stop nicking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last player that I'll, I'll kind of touch on a little bit was is obviously Deaku. Um, probably the first time most of us have seen him play. He did play against Wigan, albeit with the bloody rules and stuff, you can't actually watch the game unless you are a very lucky person, mentioning no names. Um, but there was the first real chance that we got to see him, and um, there was a chance that he had in the in the second half where he's reminds me a little bit of Gooch, to be honest, um, in, in the chance that he had. You know, he, he cut past one player, cut past him again, um, <laughs> cut past him again, tried to cut past another player and ultimately yeah. lost the ball. Um, he had the shot in the dying stages of the game that went over the bar. But I think he showed promise, um, and I think he is going to be a valuable player again. You know, you look at Cirque in the first few games since he signed for us, he wasn't great. Um, there was a lot of area for improvement, and I think, you know, with the game time he's had, he's played in pretty much every game since he signed, bar maybe one. Um, he's definitely improved. He's improving each game, and I think Diaku is a player that will do the same as well. Um, I think that is well, that's his first league game in England, obviously second in the country altogether. Uh, you can only get better from there. But there was signs of promise there, Michael. Yeah, there was. I mean, I, I did that. I, yeah, that chance when he skinned someone basically three or four times and then didn't shoot was really frustrating. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think you can tell there's definitely an element of class with him. And I think you can tell that he's been at Bayern Munich previously. I'm not obviously I'm not saying that he's going to be a Champions League standard, although if he did, that would be very nice. Yeah, um, would. You know, but no pressure. Uh, there is promise with him, but obviously, like you said, it's his first proper taste of like League One action. So I think it's going to take time for him to mature and, and, and settle into things properly. But I think once he does, hopefully he'll be a hell of a player and a real asset to, um, to use in this division. Yeah, and just just a little bit on Kyle uh, on a little bit on Kyle, a little bit on Diaz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Let me tell you the player I. Was <laughs> I, I think he's great for that outlet pass late in games, you know, because it's a lot of times when teams are pressing for you have the lead. Um, it puts him in one-on-one situations. And we saw he did try to pull off a few moves that just he's just going to have to know that if you try to pass the ball and then run around uh, a league one defender, they're just going to clock you, basically. Yeah. So, uh, um, but just like you said, you might be, was it, and I can't believe I'm already forgetting this, the uh, Loney we had from Yanazai. Rangers. Oh, no, Jordan Jones. I was, I was just uh, immediately thinking you were going to say Yanazai there for some reason. No. No, a little bit of Jordan Jones in kind of that stature and build. He's got pace. He's got he's got the trick to him, um, but just needs that that finishing edge. And I think he'll uh, I think he'll learn from that, obviously. But uh, I think he's fun to have. It's it's a good option with him. And then we also have the likes of Broadhead as well. Um, yeah. So it, it, more headaches for Johnson. But I think this, this is good. And eventually those um, those types of players will will put those games away. And uh, we just have to hope that we see that. Yeah. Um, Winchester, man of the match for me. Michael, I'll go to you second. I, w- I would have gone with Sirkin had he stayed on the pitch the whole mi- uh, the whole 90, but as he didn't, obviously, I don't know if that's a criteria I should really be judging him on, but screw it. Yeah, Winchester. It's either one of them, but I'll go Winchester because he got the match winner. Absolutely. Yep. And Kyle, same for you, yeah. Yep, yep. Winchester all day. It's, it's funny, I was driving around, uh, uh, had to work a little bit yesterday, and I found myself on Winchester Road, so I felt like it was just oh. very fitting. So there you go. Was it a very classy you know, road, was it? Oh, oh yeah. The nicest paved road you could ever imagine. <laughs> I'm saying you need to put Shaun of the Dead on now because it feels very relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Blow over. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> um, well, we are back at home in two days, or 
yesterday, as Lee Johnson said, 48 hours, which was just a testament as to how much added time there was um, that would miss a day. Um, <laughs> but no confusion, it is on Tuesday night, not on Monday night. Um, another home game this time against Cheltenham, who I haven't checked the league table, so I'm not entirely sure where they are. Um, They're around no... 14th, I think, somewhere in mid-table. Yeah, um, a similar position to Fleetwood, I think, aren't they? Actually, hold on, I'll have a look properly. I believe Fleetwood were around the same they play, are, when we they played are, them at least. Yeah, for their 3-3-3. Three, three, and three. <laughs> So there oh, you go. Oh, well, Kyle's just stormy thunder there. Yeah, they're 14th, 12 yeah. points. Yep, yep. It'll be a good game, um, but another home game um, and another one that we will be looking to win. Predictions for that one, um, Michael? 3-1 Sunderland. I think we're going to have a bit more joy in this game. I mean, I don't... Cheltenham are going to have the sort of newly promoted buzz. And I think, that, I don't know if this is the first time they've ever played us in a league fixture. It wouldn't surprise me if it is. Um, so if that is the case, they're obviously, we know what they're going to be like. It's going to be the typical, they're going to be up for it, which I can't blame them for because that's what a lot of teams are like. But I think if Sunderland want to get into the top two, these are the sort of games you need to be really sweeping aside or at least just getting three points. So I'd say 3-1. I think we'll have a bit more attack and joy in this game. Yeah. Um, Kyle, for you? Yeah, I agree with well. I think it'll be 2-0, um, and I think this will be the week that we can kind of look back on and say, okay, this is when that first first gap was created at the top. Because it's, it's it, right now there's four at the top. There's Plymouth at 18, Don's, MK Don's at 18, and then Austin Wigan with 19, and then everybody else in the middle is 12, 12, 12, 12, 13, 14. You know, so this this should be the week, I think, where, where if we can get a win, I think things will start to separate a little bit, and uh, then we just have to keep pushing on. Yeah. Um, and now that uh, Michael mentioned it, I've tried to look at to see when the last time Sunderland did play Cheltenham was, but it's very confusing, so I'm not entirely sure when it was, <laughs> but I think they have played before. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. This does not seem very accurate, but who knows? Someone will know out there um, whether we did play them in the league one time or not. Um, but ultimately, that is the time we have for today. I'll let you both go and enjoy your afternoon, Michael, and your morning, Kyle. Yeah, that coffee's calling my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, once again, we'll hopefully be back on Wednesday, providing people are around to talk about the game and, and talk about hopefully another win and hopefully another clean sheet and hopefully the first absolute hammering of the season. But until then... We'll back top of the league. Hopefully we do. Um, I'm not sure who we're going to play now. I'm not sure if you know Sheffield. They're playing Sheffield, they're playing Sheffield Wednesday. Yep. Is, that, is that at home or away? I presume uh, away. It's at Wigan. Ooh. Although, to be fair, I do see that being a tough game for them, mind. So It should be. It should be. We'll see about that. Um, I'll put a draw on me accumulator. Feeling like a draw. A 1-1. <laughs> That's fine as long as we go back top. I don't care. Absolutely. Yep. We'll go top this week and stay there for the rest of the season. Sounds all right. Deal. Absolutely. Um, but until then, until Wednesday, we will see you later. That's all, folks.